chapter 6. You know, one of the things that my philosophy was uh, um, when I first got in the ministry, didn't know a whole lot about homiletics, didn't know a whole lot about being a pastor, but uh, God helped me with some things. And then I, when I went to Bible college, <clears throat> I ran into Dr. Curalo, and he also became my pastor and became a very close friend, still is. And uh, he truly helped me and uh, helped shape my ministry and showed me the importance of preaching the Bible and, for the most part, just chapter by chapter, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, because I have uh, seen in my own life and then in this ministry and just being in the ministry for 30 years now that uh, like what Todd and Jolene are going through, what Tom and Carol and Christina, when they lose a, <clears throat> lose a loved one and lose a child, which is extremely hard, um, it's the Word of God that gets you through that. And it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit that takes His Word and, and uses that in our hearts and helps us. And, and uh, you know, I just praise the Lord that, uh, Todd, you read that this morning and that God gave you that. And uh, it is just vitally important that we stay in the Word of God and believe what it says. I mean, we, we can say we believe it, but do we practice it? And we need to... We need to practice the Word of God, and when He shows us things in that, then we need to take Him uh, for His Word and, and His promises and live according to that and, and know that, that He can do what He says He will do. And when you do that, and just like I said this morning, when you take that stand and make that commitment to God, and you're, you are going to live in a way that is honoring and pleasing to Him, and you are going to be completely obedient to Him. And you're, you're going to look at the Word of God. You're going to see what it says. You're going to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and your life, to cleanse you of the things that, that are wrong in your life. You're going to confess that as sin for what it is. You're going to uh, make the commitments to do the things that He shows you you need to be doing. And when you do that, you're going to run into all kinds of opposition. And uh, Nehemiah, what, what a leader. Uh, if you ever have a job or a position where you are in leadership, you really need to go to the book of Nehemiah. And, and he gives us a tremendous uh, amount of information on how to be a good leader, how to be a godly leader, and, and uh, uh, see God use you in a great way. And so by the time we get to chapter 6, we know that, um, you know, we, we have a lot of stuff that has already gone on. You, Like Tony said, you go back to chapter 3, and it was there that they started assigning positions of, of this family, and, and these families are going to take care of this part of the wall, these families are going to take this part of the gate, and then uh, from, from this gate to this gate, the, the wall in there, these, these uh, families are going to take that, these families are going to go here. They're very organized in, in what they were doing and, and uh, putting that together, then we see the antagonist come in chapter 4 that we looked at today. And uh, then we, we see that you, you get those fires put out, and then you get into chapter 5, and you see there's a lot of internal problems that uh, are, are going on, and we see how he 
he uh, deals with the problems of the the internal problems that are that are going on and uh, about the time you think you got all of those put out and and everything is going on then you get to chapter six and and I skip chapter five just because I want us to focus tonight quickly on on uh, chapter six and how when when we make those commitments and we truly are serious about doing what God wants us to do, you need to prepare for personal opposition. And God or Satan is going to use whatever tools he can find to try to hinder you from doing what you need to do. And and in verses one through four here, and quickly, I'm going to give you this outline and preach it just as quickly as I can, but uh, in verses 1 through 4, we see an assassination plot to kill Nehemiah. I mean, they, they had uh, gotten to the point where they were getting so desperate at stopping him from doing this that they sought ways that, that maybe they could kill him. And, and it says, Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And, and mischief doesn't mean that they're trying to play a trick on him and they're trying to delay the building. They're trying to, to bring some kind of evil and distress and injury upon him. And so it was a desperate plot that, that was going on. But we see how Nehemiah answers them and Verses 3 and 4, And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Yet, yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. And so here we, we see that how we need to, uh, you can go over to, and I'm not going to for time, but Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5 and in those, those two verses, it says, Answer not a fool in his folly. But then it turns around and tells us in the next verse, Answer a fool in his folly. Or in, in, it doesn't use the word folly. But, uh, and it shows us that, that we don't answer, we don't stoop to their level and, and we don't answer a fool and, and, and answer him in the way that he is addressing us. And we don't stoop to his level to do that, but rather we need to rebuke him with the Word of God, and we need to rebuke them with, with the seriousness of the situation. And we need to understand that the decisions that we make that are spiritual decisions are between me and God and you and God, and, and the world has no say in that. And you need to understand that they're going to try to, the, the world system and the world and, uh, and, and Satan himself is going to try to uh, get us to, to do something other than what God's Word has to say. And there is going to be some opposition, and, and we need to understand that when we do this and we say, I'm, i got an important thing to do here, I'm going to save my marriage, I'm going to save my kids, I'm going to, to, to save my walk and my life by walking in a way that God says is, is honorable and the ways that I ought to, and, and that's an important work and I don't have time for your nonsense. Well, just be prepared to be hated when you do that. Because there will be those that want to destroy you. They wanted to destroy him. I mean, they, they kept trying. Four times they kept sending a messenger saying, oh, come down, come down. And, and then we see if they can't assassinate you physically, so then they're just going to uh, assassinate your character. Look at verses 5 through 9. 
Then sent Sanballat his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. So here it is, the attacks. They just, they, they just keep coming. And, and the open letter is an open letter of false accusations. Wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen in Gashmu, saying, saith that, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. So here they are, that he's, he's falsely accusing them and saying things that aren't true. And man, man I, I, have seen, I have seen preacher after preacher that spend their entire ministry just trying to defend themselves from everybody that says false accusations against them. And, and you're never going to accomplish anything if you keep worrying and dealing with all the barking dogs. You just need to do what's right and continue to, to, to let the critics fall and, and, and listen to constructive criticism, but uh, consider the source and then consider what's going on and then know what God wants you to do and do what God tells you. It doesn't matter what everybody is saying. And, and there are those that are going to try to, to misalign everything that you're doing. And you're not the first one to have that happen. I think maybe they did that to Jesus. That would be probably good company to be in, wouldn't it? Peter was falsely accused. Paul was falsely accused. The prophets, pretty much every prophet out there was accused. And Jeremiah was hated and thrown in the dungeon for telling them the truth. But they continued to tell the truth. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I said unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. Now, therefore, O God, O, uh, o God, strengthen my hands. So here he is, Sanballat, trying to use fear. Nehemiah's bold response, and, and you're making these th things up out of your own evil heart. And then we see that he prays to God in verse 9, O God, strengthen my hands. Uh, you, if you ever feel discouraged and, and maybe there's some fear in your life and, and uh, you, you battle fear at times, go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is a wonderful uh, psalm that you can go to and, and, and see the beautiful picture of of being able to stay under the shadow of the Almighty. And, and, and uh, God uses that. Psalm 64, the psalmist there, gives us a, uh, shows us a prayer of, of the psalmist too and how we, we should uh, look to our God. But then it goes on. Afterward I came unto the house of Shemaiah, the son of uh, uh, Deliah, the son of uh, Mehitabel, who was shut up. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And, and here we see the treachery from within. So uh, Sanballat and Tobiah and, and his cohorts couldn't get him from, from the outside. So then they turn around, and now they got this guy who's a Jew, and he says, hey, we need to get into the temple, and, and we need to do these things, and, and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we can take care of these things and, and do the right thing. But we see that all it is is treachery from within. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. I'm not going to go into a place where 
I'm not allowed to go. I'm not going to, you, you think that because we're in a, a situation like this that God will wink at that and all will be okay? No, that's not the case at all. This guy was trying to, to kill uh, Nehemiah by getting him to do opposite of what God was telling him to do. And he saw it. Oh, how we need to be, we need to remember that, you know, one of the things that, if you guys remember, we were having our little uh, meeting in the room, and, and, and Nelson said something. Nelson is a good guy to get into a group like that. He's quite a thinker. But he, he made the statement, he said, God always wants your best. God always wants your best. Your friends may not always want your best. Do you understand that? That there are times where, and, and, and you know how you can make sure that, that you always want the best for your friends? Give them the Word of God. Give them the truth of God's Word. Be careful with your own advice, but give them God's Word. God's Word will never go wrong, and you will always give them the best. But sometimes motivations are not good, and, and people are betrayed. I, I just read in my devotions this morning in the last part of the book of Matthew, and, and it was there where, where Jesus was eating and, and said, there is one here that is going to, to dip his bread in the bowl, and he's the one that's going to betray me. It was Judas. We know that Judas betrayed him. We know that David writes in the Psalms about Ahithophel, uh, who was his right-hand man, one that he had sought counsel from and who, who went off with Absalom and betrayed his confidence and, and betrayed him and his friendship. And here, Shemaiah was trying to convince uh, Nehemiah to violate God's law uh, and, and enter into the temple. But we see Nehemiah's obedience was more important than following his friend. And then we see his discernment and and he perceived that, verse 12, And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. You know, th this isn't in any of my notes at all, but what, what would it take you to betray God in following him? I, I, wonder, what, I wonder what they offered Shemaiah to do this. I, I wonder what he was willing to take in this world to, to turn his faith from who he was serving, to, to turn his back upon that one that he knew was doing God's will. I just wonder about that. I wonder what, what kind of price would it take? I mean, it's 30 pieces of silver for Judah. And, you know, and, and sometimes we think, man, we would never do that. Would we? Would we or wouldn't we? Oh, how careful we need to be and we need to guard ourselves because I think there are some times in this world that we fall in love with all of these things that the world is offering and we, and we just sell our family. We, we sell our marriage. We, we sell our, our commitment to God and doing the things that we want to do and what the world has convinced us to do and, and we betrayed Jesus just as bad. Let us be careful. Let us be careful of where our mind goes and what it is that we fall in love with. And, and, and here we see that uh, Nehemiah knew the, uh, the uh, importance of his testimony. Therefore was he hired, and that I should be afraid and do so in sin, that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. 
Then he prays again, My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Samballot, according to these their works, and on the prophetess Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. He goes back to the Lord in prayer. We see his focus then in 15 and 16. So the wall was finished in 20 and 5th day of the month Elul, in 50 and 2 days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that his, this work was wrought of our God. You see, he stayed focused, and God equipped him to do exactly what God wanted him to do. Our obedience, though, is essential if we're going to see God's blessings. Uh, we, we, I, I tell you all the time that, you know, we, we, uh, we want the quick fix. We want the magic pill. We, we want the microwave oven to, to cook things in just a matter of minutes in something that it's taken us years to destroy. And we've lived our lives without God, and we, we live our lives in disobedience, and we think that it can be fixed tomorrow. Restoration comes in just a moment, but the scars of that you will live with the rest of your life. It is far better to live in obedience and not have the regret than have the regret and then be restored but still deal with the scars. You know, we can learn from from what God's Word says. We can be obedient to what God's Word says and, and, and not have the regrets that that uh, so many have. And those regrets that you have, you, you, you uh, 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 teach your children differently than, than what you did and, and show them and, and share with them and, and be open with them and be frank with them that these are the things that are going to happen if you keep going that way. And help them and keep them from, you, you want to be uh, victorious in your family, then do that and guard them and and, and so we see his focus. And we need to stay focused, even when those are those that try to tear us down. And then the infiltration of the world again. I mean, the battles just keep coming. Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Tobiah. And the letters of Tobiah came unto them. For there were many in Judah sworn unto him, because he was a son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, and his son Johanan, had taken the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, and also they reported his deeds before me and uttered my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to put me in fear. That stinker, was, had, had his, his daughter had married into the Jews. And here he was, hated the very people that his daughter had married into the family with. And, and i got to stop here. But you know what happens to Tobiah? You know, Nehemiah had to go back. He was a cupbearer. And, and he went back to the king. He comes back a few months later and finds out that now Tobiah has moved into the walls of Jerusalem and, and is living next to the, and has a place in the temple. You know what he does to him? I love this. He's the leader. Threw him out. Threw him back over the walls of the city. And said, don't come back. You stay out of here. You don't belong here. And we see the, the importance of, of understanding God's will and, and the threats that come and how focused we need to stay on doing what God wants us to do. And it doesn't matter how old we get, we still need to do that. And when you guys are young and you're going to get challenged along the way, 
They're going to call you Jesus freaks or I don't know what they'd call you today, but you're religious and and you're weird and, and all of those things. Then you know what? So be it. So be it. You live your life and, and, and look for God's blessings and no regrets in your life. And you have God's blessings upon your life and you see the power of God upon your life and, and you see God use you greatly and, and how we need to just continue to stay focused. You ever given thought, parents, that you may be raising the next D.L. Moody? You know, it says that D.L. Moody in, in the time that he preached, and I know it was a different generation, but this is an amazing thing because how we can reach people now with all of technology. But it says that under Dwight L. Moody's uh, uh, ministry that there were over 2 million people that trusted Christ as their Savior because he just wanted to do what God wanted him to do. Was he perfect? No. They said at times that he only had a sixth grade education. He didn't do well in grammar at all, and they said that he could speak up to 200 words a minute. And so you had to listen really quick to understand what he said. But God used him greatly because he stayed focused. Let us stay focused. And let us be used by God and, and not worry about all of the junk that's around us. Stay focused. Do what God tells you to do. And you'll find his blessings. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray your blessings upon it. Pray you take us home safely tonight. Use us in your work. In Jesus' name, amen.